Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 432, and today I've got Chris Schaefer on again, and we are going to be talking about building a rock-solid foundation to crush your next product launch, and we're going to be going over these key components that I believe are huge when you are launching, and this is what we also call the pre-launch in our workshops. And uh, that's what we're going to be going over. So, Chris, are you ready to uh, to crush this next launch? I am. I'm absolutely ready. And, Scott, you know, we have a couple of products coming in. And so we're going to be implementing exactly what we're talking about here again over the next few weeks. So this is actually I, I didn't even think about this before we jumped on. But this is actually probably timely advice for us absolutely. as well. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> to make sure that we're all on the same page. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. And, and you know, it kind of goes back to like the fundamentals, right? I mean, like. You have to understand what you're doing as far as like when you get ready to launch. But then from there, you have to get prepped. You have to pre-do this stuff. So this way here, you're ready and you're not doing it when you're launching. Um, and that's why we call it the pre-launch because this is the things or these are the things that you really need to be focusing on and doing because a lot of people say, well, I've ordered my product and now I'm waiting for it. And now what do I do? This is what you do. Uh, so I really wanted to go over these because number one, we did receive an email from a listener and they wanted to know a little bit about this and I want to make sure that we set uh, we set them on the right track. So Chris, why don't you go ahead and start by reading um, part of that email that is about the pre-launch and then we can dig into that. Yeah, so let's just kind of start at the top, Scott. And this, this email came in from Miriam and basically there were a couple of different questions and it's actually different questions about each of the different chunks inside of the pre-launch phase, which was kind of interesting. And the, and the first question related to the new change to like the backend keywords and search terms. And Miriam just let us know. He said, my understanding is that keywords are very important so that your, your product is visible. And that's accurate, right? Scott, we, oh, yeah. we know that you need to be filling out those backend keywords and search terms, but Amazon has changed this a couple different times. And if you're preparing your listing, the concern in the email, Scott, is that the correct way of doing this is to fill out 250 characters completely, which right. is, is totally that. And Miriam had only put in 16 words. Now, I'm not going to share the words that were put in there, but they do accurately describe the product. So the, the question that it really comes down to here, Scott, with those search terms, those keywords, and also the title is, should I take advantage of all of that space or should I take advantage of as much of that space as possible without being spammy or repeating myself or just filling it out for the sake of filling it out. Yeah. Well, first off, let's kind of clarify something. So there's characters and there's words. Well, words are made up of characters. So for anyone that is listening, we're not talking about 250 words. We're talking about characters. So if you have a, a word that has four or five characters, that's going to count as those four or five characters. So I just want to be clear on that. Uh, you know, it's not words. Um, she has or he has or um, the listener has, uh, you know, six words in there or thereabouts. But we don't know exactly if that's 150, if that's 175, or maybe they're long and they're more than that. Like, so that's the, that's the first thing you need to understand. Number two is... You do not want to stuff just to stuff keywords in there. You want to be relevant and you want it to uh, to really uh, help yourself get found for search terms and keywords that are relevant to your product. 
First off, the back end to me is the secondary place. The first place would be your most important ones would go in your title. Now, why we're talking about this too, this is like the first part of the pre-launch. The pre-launch is where we talk about, and we talk a lot about this on our workshops. And actually I should probably go ahead and mention that if you guys have not attended one of our workshops, you probably want to do that because we go over the five phases and this is the third phase um, is, uh, is the pre-launch. Uh, if you guys want to go and register for one of those, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop and go check that out. But the one that we're going to be talking about today is the pre-launch. And the pre-launch to me is there's two parts to it. Number one, it is doing exactly this. It's figuring out your keywords and then building out your listing and creating that listing. So this way here, when our inventory is, is ready, we have a place to send it. We can start that process before we even have our product in hand. So that's number one in the pre-launch phase is getting this built out, doing your research, figuring out what keywords you want to put in there, your search terms, and which ones you want to fill out the back end, which ones you want to put in the front end, as far as like your title, your bullets, your description, and then your back end. Um, and then there's images and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about all of this stuff, but it's really, really important that you guys understand, like this is the first part of the pre-launch phase. So Chris, I just wanted to kind of clarify that. Yeah. And I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And you know, for me, unless one of your keywords is, what is it? Uh, auto disestablishmentarianism. Is that the one that's 52 characters long, <laughs> right? It's one of the longer words in, in English. Right. Um, you're going to have plenty of room to describe your product, right? There's only so many ways to talk about a garlic press. It might be a garlic press, but it might also be a ginger press. So if you only have like 15, 20, 16 words in this case, that might be enough, and it actually might be enough to fill out the whole 250 characters. And I would look for the ones that are going to be the, the more generic way of describing things, right? Inside of our backend search terms, and even in our title, we're not necessarily going to go after those longer tail words, right? It's not going to be stainless steel, long-handled, rubber-hinged garlic press. It's going to be garlic press, and maybe stainless steel, <laughs> right? Right, as, right? As different sets of words. And we need to remember that just, just like in Amazon's PPC, if you're running broad stuff, that's that's kind of how they look at the listing, right? They, they look at each word individually in the most broad sense possible. So garlic, right? Does it make sense? Does the user search term, this, the thing that your customer typed in, does it contain garlic? Yes, if so, you're relevant, right? right. That's that's right. kind of the, the level that we're looking at here. Now, Scott, when you're looking at those keywords, there's a couple of questions that come up. Like, do you, do you look at keyword volume when you make those choices? How do you actually determine which keywords go into your title, your bullets, and your search terms up front? You're asking me this question? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I... Up front? I, yeah, <laughs> up front. No, I think the most, um, the most important place to put them in the beginning, your most relevant ones, the ones that you are know are the obvious ones, the garlic press, the stainless steel garlic press, like those are in your title. Like to me, that's the most weighted. That is, at least right now, that's the one that Amazon is paying the most attention to. They're going to, uh, you know, they're going to weight that, you know, the highest. Then from there, I would say bullets. And then from there, I would say back end. What's your thoughts? I would say uh, bullets are, bullets seem to be indexed, but they don't really appear to play a major role in getting found. Um, so to me, even if it was in my bullets, if it's a keyword that's important, I would have it in my search terms okay. as well. And, okay. And I was just going to actually say that is, uh, you know, some people ask, should we put our, you know, our keyword in the back end if we've already put it on the front end? And the answer is yes, you can. If it's a really important keyword, then I would, uh, number one, because it doesn't hurt anything. 
Okay, but are you going to take up space if you have more keywords that you can put in there that could drive more traffic? Then you might want to think about that. But you know exactly what you said. The bullets, if you're putting them in a bullet, there's no reason not to put one of those in the back end as well. So I would probably do both uh, myself, unless you know I was trying to figure out a way to get more keywords in, which generally isn't the case, Chris. I got to be honest. I mean, you know, we've got probably what nine or 10 SKUs now in, 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 in the new brand. And it's really hard to find more than 10 that are really driving traffic. So, you know what I mean? And I, I say 10, we're talking like, you know, phrases in, in a sense where it right. could be like a stainless steel garlic press. Like that's one of our keywords, let's say, or, you know, black handle rubber, you know, or, uh, you know, black hand handle, uh, rubber garlic press or whatever, or plastic garlic press, whatever it is. Like those are keywords, but they're phrases. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with that. I think if you're still putting me, if you're putting them in your bullets and they're that important, put them in the back end as well. But, um, you know, you just don't know which one is going to be number one. Like you said, index doesn't mean that you're going to be found. It just means that you're indexed. Right. It just means that Amazon understands that that's a word in your listing. It doesn't mean that they're using it to rank you, mm. which is really what you care about right exactly. now. To, to say that they're not using that at all, I wouldn't say that. Um, but to me, it's it's weighted like title, back end, everything else. <laughs> right. Right, so right. If you can't if you can't put it in your title and have it make sense, make sure it's in your back end. Even if you're using it in the bullet points, if you think it's one of those words that's gonna make sense for you. Now, Scott, do you have any quick tips on like how to find these words? Are you just looking at competitors' titles? Are you using, you know, there's 30 different tools out there that give you keyword volume and, you know, all of these things, or do you just kind of go with your gut feel up front and then use PPC to backfill it? Yeah, I think, um, everything you just said pretty much. Uh, and, and I think you, you <laughs> know that, above. yeah, all of the above in, in a sense. I mean, here's where I would start. I would always start and look at the competition and see where they are ranking and then see what seems to be like a common thread. Like, so if I notice that the top five that are ranking, they're all using garlic press, then I'm going to want to use garlic press. I mean, it's kind of a no brainer, but then where it really starts to come into like tools and stuff is where you want to start mining for, for new keywords or opportunities that you might not be aware of. So you can either use a tool for that, or you can use sponsor product ads because that will also give you some really solid data because it's digging into your campaigns that you're running and it's real live data. So for example, if we're going to run an auto campaign on, or not even an auto, let's, let's say we just do a manual campaign in the broad match and we go ahead and we, uh, you know, we, we do garlic press and that's our broad. We're going to show up for things that are related to garlic press. And in those search terms, we're going to see which ones people actually typed in and that were triggered by that particular keyword. So the thing is though, if you're brand spanking new, you don't have that upfront. So we're not going to have that data until after we launch. So we're talking pre-launch. So if we're talking pre-launch, I would do what we just mentioned, look at your, com your competition, maybe even do a Google, uh, you know, keyword tool, you know, the planner tool. Um, look at that stuff if you want to, uh, merchant words that, that gives you an idea. And these are just ways for you to kind of think a little bit outside of the box without you coming up with these different terms. The other thing you can do is go to scope. Um, it's a great tool put out by seller labs and, uh, we, we use it. And what it does is you, you really go on your competition's page, you click on a little button and it will populate almost like it's doing a reverse ASIN search, 
but in, in real time. And then we can look at the top keywords. We can look at the estimated sales per keyword. Not quite sure if all of that is 100% accurate, but it does give me a good understanding of some of those top keywords. Um, guys, I have that on the resources page. You can go to theamazingseller.com forward slash resources, or just go to theamazingseller.com forward slash scope, and you can, you can learn more about that tool. But again, I don't want to push tools on you right now. I think they're great, and I think that they do come in handy, and I use them. But right now, when you're doing the pre-launch, you either want to do what we just said, do like the free method, go out there and just kind of do the, the hard work and just kind of start digging. And then if you did want to use a tool, I use something like scope that can then give me some of that, that Amazon data, if you will, that's, that's pretty much what, what I would do. Yeah. And I, I would say, you know, the keywords are one of the biggest things backend keywords, title and, and writing your, your bullets and, and the listing creation side of this is something that a lot of people gloss over Scott. But I think in the pre-launch phase, this is one of the most important things that you can do to set yourself up for success is making sure that you're actually researching these things and, and taking a look and not just writing it, right? Take a look, write it, let it sit for a day or two, and then come back to it with a fresh set of eyes. Maybe show it to somebody else who doesn't know everything about the product, hasn't done all the research, and see if they might describe it differently. This is one of those things where, you know, it, it, it is a little bit of going back to what we always say in PPC. It's a little bit of the art and the science, right? We have to take kind of our best whack at it. And looking at our competitors and what they're putting in their titles, their bullets, and their description is really a good way to set up that solid foundation. The the next big thing, and it's actually the the second thing in the email here from Miriam Scott in the, the pre-launch phase, outside of getting you know those back-end search terms really dialed in, making sure that that listing is solid during the pre-launch phase while you're waiting on that product, the second thing that Miriam was asking us about is, is the launch list. Yeah. And... I'm just going to read off the the whole big chunk here sure. and and then we'll kind of digest it. So Miriam said, you know, my understanding is that I need to get potential customers on a list from scratch before I launch my products using social media like Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. I, I got to confess, I'm totally ignorant on how to do this. I understand that I should probably create a Facebook fan page for my niche uh, so that I can get some likes and followers, but I don't understand how to use that to actually get emails and then to to launch the product. I thought that getting emails was to show my product and, and benefits in an advertising, you know, to offer a discount. Basically, I don't understand where to go. I get that I need to be like building a Facebook fan page or an email list or something like this, but I don't know where to start. So for, for those of you guys who don't have a launch list at this point, Scott, where would you suggest that they start? Well, I would say to go to our free resource. Uh, you know, it's totally free, uh, no strings attached. And I would go and I would sit through that I think it's like maybe, I don't know, maybe 90 minutes long. Uh, and I would go through that training and I would start there. Uh, it really breaks down exactly what we have done and what we continue to do. And actually currently right now, Chris, and I was going to ask you this morning, so maybe you can tell us here live on the podcast. The last I checked, we were just under 2000 emails on a brand new contest that we started less than a week ago. Where are we at right now? Uh, it's funny that you asked 2440. Um, okay. So we've added about almost 500 since the last time I talked to you, which was about a day, day and a half ago. And I think you said we're averaging about 300 new leads a day. Yeah. And actually I, I did the math about 10 minutes before we jumped on and it's exactly 300 leads a day, assuming today ended right now, which we're recording this in the morning. So, you know, we're actually doing a little bit better than that. Uh, and we're spending 10, I think we're spending $20 a day on, on Facebook ads to get that. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's not unreasonable to do that. The, the free workshop that you were talking about there, Scott is actually two and a half hours from beginning to end. 
Okay. Um, that includes all the Q and A. That's a Q and A, right? The, the content portion is about probably a little less than ninety minutes, uh, and then we do live Q and A, so you can listen to all those questions. Um, but again, the the link to that is theamazingseller.com forward slash build list, and that'll take you right there. There's no you don't even have to give your email address or anything like that. It just basically takes you straight to the replay. You go ahead and you watch it. We left that up because we want you to get that training because it's that important to be able to build these lists. And we go through exactly what we're doing and exactly how we, we've done it in a brand new market. And we're doing it pretty much every about every other month now. Right now we're doing it because we're gearing up for fourth quarter and we want to build um, our list even bigger. So this way here we have a bigger launch when we launch these new products and some of our past products. So um, it's totally, totally doable. And it's to me, it's part of the pre-launch phase. So if you are launching or if you're thinking about launching or if you're going to relaunch uh, or if you just want to sell more of your products, uh, a launch list is huge. Um, and I get I get this one though a lot, Chris, is like, okay, so what what should I do if I just want to go out there and I want to use like, you know, the old-fashioned review groups? Or I want to go out there and give my product away at a 50% or a 60% discount or even more. Um, you know, like where, where do I go? And my suggestion was, well, number one, I think you should build your own list. Number two, if you are going to do that, you can go to uh, sites like Slick Deals. You can go to Fat Wallet. Um, Jump Send is probably my, I, I guess, my best recommendation if you want to go to one that was targeted towards Amazon sellers. But again, still, my thing is, is when you're going to a list that people were recruited to, to basically get discounts on Amazon products, it can be looked at as a little bit of a negative light from Amazon. So because of that, I like to go, if I was going to use it, would be a Slick Deals or Fat Wallet because that's just a deal site in general. It's not saying it's targeting Amazon sellers specifically. Um, but your best bet is to either launch using your own list or I think going out and finding someone else that has a list in your market, like an influencer or a YouTube channel, Instagrammer, one of those. And then that way there, that can really ramp up your sales that way. But building your own list is to me the best way. That's the best way. And it's going to build that asset that you're going to have forever. And, and Scott, it's funny that you brought that up because one of the questions that we get all the time, whether it's on workshops, whether it's through email, is like, why do I need to build a list? Yeah. And there, the answer there is twofold. One, you control that traffic then. And it's something we talk about in the list building workshop. And if you guys haven't gone through that, make sure you do go through that because I think this is important. You know, it, it's an asset that you control for the long term, right? All these other groups are like Fat Wallet, Slick Deals, uh, Jump Send are lists. They're email lists. They're email right? lists, so, yes. It's just something you have less control over and they're people who are less interested in your product. So yes, you do spend some money to use some of the methods, Scott, that, that you and I talk about on all the list building stuff, but you actually save money in the long term because you can launch at a significantly lower percentage off or even at no percentage off, which we've done um, to that list. And it's not kind of a one-time thing, right? You can go back to that list anytime you need a boost. One of the things that we did when we ran out of stock was we went back to that list and let them know that we were in stock, right? Because a whole bunch of them had tried to buy our product while we were out of stock. They were emailing us. And so we sent them all an email and said, hey, we're back in stock. Guess what that did? At full retail price, that skyrocketed our sales and got us our stuff back. We didn't have to go back and offer a big discount off of stuff because we had that list and we had that property. And so building those things is extremely important, not just for launching the product, but for the long term in your business. Now, if, if you're just trying to launch a product and with the intent of selling the business in six months, that's probably not something that you need to do. By all means, go to, you know, your jump send, your slick deals, your fat wallets. But if this is something that you want to use to really help you build long-term stability, or you're going to be in it for the long haul 
and this is something you want to build as a brand and as a business, it's absolutely something you're going to want to have. And it, the, the rewards that you get back from spending the time and effort to do this right in the pre-launch phase, if you can, are exponential. Even if you can't do it in the pre-launch phase, do it now. Right. right? Like if right. you have a product up, you're not in the pre-launch phase right now, go through the steps. It's super easy. And it's something that literally anyone can do. And it's going to bring you exponential rewards back into the business. So I, I think that's another big thing that, that people have. And I still see it, even though we've talked about it, Scott, where people will have, you know, a really great listing from what we look at. And we say, what did you do to launch? And they say, uh, nothing. <laughs> right? right. And that's why we call it the pre-launch phase, because we can't just, you know, it's, it's not 2009. We can't just put a product up on Amazon and expect it to sell. In some cases it will. And we've seen that. But in most cases, you have to give it a little nudge. You got to push that snowball down the hill and watch it get bigger. And a launch list that you build during the pre-launch phase is absolutely, in in my opinion, the best way to do that. Yeah, and you know, I I also, and I'm not going to make this uh, this podcast episode into a full list building one, which we could, and which we probably should do, uh, even one on how to then follow up with your list and how to make offers and stuff like that, which we probably will do, uh, but. Uh, just so you understand, like when you're building this pre-launch list, a lot of people think that you're just building it to launch the product. And that's kind of true, but not fully because what we're also doing is we're able to then build a Facebook fan page in the process. Generally, when we're doing this almost, almost automatically, because we're creating a Facebook fan page. So this way here, we can use Facebook ads because you need a Facebook fan page to run Facebook ads. And then it just naturally starts to build uh, up your your likes on that page, which also will give you more reach. The other cool thing is, is when you share a piece of content that you might have created, which we talk a lot about, and we talk about that on the workshop, is really where now you give them some value and then they want to share that. So let's say that you create a piece of content that's really awesome and you show someone how to, uh, you know, maybe catch, uh, you know, the biggest bass in, in their lake or whatever, or, uh, you know, wherever you're going to you're going to get people to pay attention to that and then from there they're going to say oh wow they showed me how to do this thing and they're using this special lure so i want to buy that special lure well you're not directly asking them to buy but it's going to make them want to buy regardless because you're giving that piece of content that's wrapped around the product so what I like to look at it is, is like you're, you're building this email list to not just buy stuff, but to also help share it and also engage with it and get you more reach on that content. So it reaches more people, which can potentially come back and join your email list, your Facebook page, and eventually buy, which I think is huge. Yeah. And I, I think that's monstrous for a lot of people. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things. And I, I've said it twice now, it, it's exponential inside of your business. Like even if your only intent up front is to use it for the launch phase, it's worth having. Mm. Then the kind of side benefit of that is it's a list that you can test for new products. It's a list that you can, you know, like you can go out and reach out to all of these people and get tons of different feedback on things for your business and sell additional stuff, yeah. which is something that every business wants to have. And then on top of that, it's something that, you know, again, and we, we say this, like Amazon could change tomorrow. Amazon could go away. They could just shut down all third party sales. Now that's not going to happen, but in theory they could, right? Sure. Now we have a, a source of traffic that we can point to whatever other channel is open for us. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 It does. It, it uh, 
It's funny. I'm going to say it makes total sense. And you know, Chris, that was funny the other day. I got to go on a little side, a side note here. Uh, I see that you, you put up a poll to ask what kind of shirts that we should put out with what kind of sayings. And you gave a list and someone had said that it depends would be a shirt. Another one would be, does that make sense? That's one of your sayings. And then the other one was for me, it says it makes total sense. And I thought that was very, very funny. So I just wanted to share that. I thought I got a chuckle out of that. Uh, so we'll have to work on those shirts. So stay well, tuned for those. The reason the reason that I posted that poll was because I saw somebody in the, the TAS group. And if you guys aren't a member of that group, go join that right now. It's theamazingseller.com forward slash F is in Frank, B is in boy. Had posted, uh, can we please get a Chris Schaefer it depends t-shirt or no it was uh can we please get a chris schaefer does that make sense t-shirt and so i posted that with one of the you know with some of the options and it kind of took off from there so it it cracked me up a little bit but i think if we do that it has to say you know yes yes it does on the back <laughs> um, right. <laughs> so does that make we'll sense just, question mark we'll just quote you on uh, the back and it's funny because yes it's makes like, total we sense in, we, we talk into a vacuum here right yeah, and, like yeah. we're just talking to each other but we consciously know that we're talking to you who are listening right now yeah and so i have to constantly check in to make sure that i'm not just blabbing spouting off stuff. <laughs> uh and if, if scott gives me a little bit of confirmation at least it makes me feel a little bit better that somebody else might potentially understand it yeah uh so scott we talked about you know making sure that that listing is built on a solid foundation by going out and getting those keywords setting up those search terms you know not really stuffing those things but making sure that they're filled out as completely as you can the the second big thing for kind of building out that rock solid pre-launch phase is going to be making sure you build that list. You have a list or at least a strategy, right? Yeah. Even if you're not going to go through the list building stuff, know what you're going to do when the product lands. If that's go to Fat Wallet, Slick Deals, Jump Send, by all means. But set up that launch strategy, which for us is going to be building that list and knowing what's going to go on from there. The third thing, Scott, and it was just a, it was a kind of an aside to all of this was, you know, what happens if the numbers change during the pre-launch phase? Like if I go back and I've already ordered my product, do I need to do anything different during the pre-launch phase if I see that the number of competitors has increased or the number of reviews has increased? Does that impact you know, the foundation that I'm setting? Do I need to change anything? If that happens, or should I just kind of, you know, cancel the order immediately and, and <laughs> no, go from there? No, I, I think, you, I mean, you're going to see that happen uh, no matter what market you're in generally. Um, no, I, I say what you need to do is number one, the only thing that may change is you may have like this target in your mind that says, all right, I've done the math. They're selling 300 units a month. I've got to sell 10 units a day to match what they're doing because they're showing up on page one. So to think about this a little bit, clear. It's like we're reverse engineering what is selling on page one so we can model that when we launch. So if they're selling 10 a day, we want to sell at least 10 a day. And we want to do that consistently for probably like four to five, even seven days. Okay. So that's what we want to do. Now, if that changes and it went from 300 to 600, well, now we say to ourselves, well, we might have to sell 20 a day. So the only thing it really does for me really is say, how many more units do I need to sell in order to get the eyeballs of Amazon in rank? And, and again, making sure that my keywords that I want to target are there and my, my listing is optimized. Really, that's the biggest thing here is making sure you're optimized because if we drive traffic to a listing or to a product from our email list 
and we get sales, we want to make sure we're getting credit through Amazon. And that's why we want to be optimized and we want to be indexed and all that stuff, because we want to know that we're going to get the benefits of getting those sales. So the only thing that would change for me is really how aggressive I have to get with my email list or what I need to do to get those people to buy. It might be a bigger discount. Now I might've thought to myself, I'm going to do a 25% off. Maybe I'm going to do 50 now, um, in order to get those sales. Or maybe I try, um, maybe just part of my list. Maybe I segment my list and I give half of them an offer for 50% and the other half I give for 25 and I see the different, you know, so that's really the only thing that's going to change. I'm not going to bail on it right now. I'm already vested. I'm already in into it. I'm going to just go with it and I'm going to give it everything I have, but this is why and, and I'm glad you brought this up because the other component that we're not really talking about is this is the pre-launch we're talking, but once we jump into the launch phase, it's really, you're taking that list now, bringing it over to your launch phase, driving the sales, but at the same time, we're going to start running Amazon pay-per-click pretty much out of the gate. So now we've got two places where we're driving. So if we're going to get sales from our list, we're also going to get some sales from pay-per-click and we're going to get some of that data right up front. So just for people to understand, like, that's what we're doing. We're, we're trying to give this thing a huge push. Um, and we want to try to do it over the matter of a few days. Now, what we've done, and this is a big takeaway. So you might want to write this one down, or if you're driving, just remember it or go back and listen or go to the show notes. Um, but what you want to do here is when you set up this campaign and we call it a campaign, it's like a three email sequence. When you do this during the launch, you want to make sure that you tell them specifically what the offer is. And then you want to also let them know that there's a deadline. Okay. It's like anything you've seen it. We're going to do a present day's sale for the car dealership. It's going to end by Monday, right? You need that there for a couple of different reasons. Number one, we all are kind of lazy when it comes to getting a deal or going there and, you know, cashing in our chips, right? We, we, we have to, you know, just be a little bit, we have to be pushed. We're, we're busy. So we're going to email them on day one and maybe on day two, we're going to email them, reminding them and also giving them a little bit of a piece of content. That's going to, you know, obviously give them a little bit of value. And then the third one's going to be maybe another, another little bit of value, but then also reminding them that the, the deal is going to expire. So if you do those things, I'm telling you, you'll get a bigger bump in sales than if you just send one email. I get a lot of people, Chris, that say I sent out one email and I got mediocre results. The reason is because you didn't structure it properly and, um, and you didn't send out those emails. So there's my take on that. Was yeah. That, and was that, that helpful? Did, did that make sense? That does. It, yes. Yes. It absolutely makes sense. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. And you know, that's, that's another thing that people miss and that's more in the launch phase than in the pre-launch phase, but it's something you have to understand, right? It's something you have to know in this phase that you're going to be doing. Um, and Scott, kind of going back to the competition question, that is always going to change right now for me, the only thing that might shift what I've already done is if I see somebody new that's selling really well and that they sell consistently through the pre-launch phase and going back to, you know, the title, the bullets, the description, the photos, really creating that solid listing, I might pull them into the mix to see if they're doing something different than the competition, yeah. uh, than, than everybody else that I already analyzed. But I wouldn't worry too much if your sales volume changes slightly in Miriam's case, uh, her review count changed, right? The, the number of reviews went up, which is going to happen. Right. That, that's going to happen over time. Now, if you see big jumps and Miriam saw a big jump in reviews, it means that somebody in there is probably exploiting the system a little bit. Yeah. You know, if they go from 50 to 500 in a week, they're doing something a little shady. And one, you may want to take a, a step back and, and double check their sales volume. 
but two, they may not be around all that long, so there may be some additional sales up for grabs for you, right, if, if they get knocked out. So definitely factor that into consideration, but the place that competition changes the competition would make the biggest impact for me is going to be in that listing creation and that listing optimization, you know, the best guess effort that we're going to put into it up front. It wouldn't stop me from continuing on with the product, um, especially if we did our stuff correctly up front. The place that we have to avoid those issues is in the product selection phase, right? And we do that by looking at the sales history and the trends and the volume and all of those kinds of things to make sure that it's been consistent and that we're not hitting some sort of a bubble. Does, does that make sense? That does make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I caught myself halfway through. I was like, does that? Oh, God, does, does, oh no, here we go. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> yes, it makes perfect sense, Chris. Uh, yeah, so I mean... You know, I, and I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, kind of keep going over exactly, you know, the same things because it just seems like we keep repeating ourselves, but it's that important. It, it really totally is. It's like, you know, if, if you think about it, it's like, you're going to have a better chance of winning at the game here. Right. And I always talk about like, you know, business to me is kind of like a game in a sense, in a fun way. And it's like, what does Amazon want? They want sales. Uh, what else do they want that they recognize for ranking? They want your listing to be relevant and they they want it to be optimized. Um, so give them what they want and you will rank. Now you have to have a good product. If you have a good, if you don't have a good product and you get ranked, guess what? Ain't going to get any sales, right? So then it might not work. The other thing is I would, and we didn't really touch on this, but we should is in the pre-launch, definitely, definitely make sure you have really awesome pictures because your pictures are going to sell your product. It's the closest thing to touching your product. And I see some people, they'll put an image in there that isn't, number one, the right size, meaning it's not big enough. So it won't engage the rollover feature, which if you've ever rolled over an image and you can see how it can kind of zoom in, uh, that is because the image is big enough. It's an HD, so you can, you can actually do that. Well, if you have an image that's small and it's you know under-optimized as far as size-wise, it's not going to show that way. And Amazon, I believe, will give you kind of like a point off from that. They'll, they'll give you a negative effect on that because it's not optimized. It's under-optimized. Um, so definitely take time with the pictures. Make sure, and, and the next question Chris will get is, well, where do I get my pictures? The, the place that I would go is local. I would, I would seek out your local photographer and I would ask them if they would do product photography. And I'm going to be willing to bet pretty much that they will want to do it because, you know, they're used to doing weddings. They're used to doing, you know, portrait photography. And that's a lot of work compared to setting up their studio and having you come in with your garlic press. And they just have to take maybe a couple lifestyle shots. Maybe they're going to do some just, you know, freestanding shots, whatever on a white background. Um, they'll be able to help you out. And I'm sure that they're going to want to do it because it's easier for them. So that's what I would do. I definitely invest in that. And I guess the next question a lot of times is, uh, well, how much should I be willing to spend? Um, I would say generally between two and $300 is probably the going rate for good, for good photography. And as our good friend, Jared says, um, spend the money on the pictures because he believes that's what really has taken his, his business from zero to almost a million in sales now. So, um, I would and, listen and to And if him. you find somebody good, hold on to them, right? I mean, absolutely. That that's one of those things. Local is almost always the way to go for that. And there's two reasons for that, Scott. One, local photographers, you're going to have virtually everywhere. And I live in the middle of nowhere in Texas. 
I mean, uh, you know, Texas A&M fans won't say that, but I'm two and a half <laughs> hours from the nearest city, right? I, I, I live in the country now, but there's a hundred different photographers here that I could go to. And so I'm going to have choice. I'm also going to have, you know, choice in pricing, which is, is always good, but two to $300 is, is probably fair to get a, a handful of different product and lifestyle photos for your stuff. But the photographers are also going to enjoy doing that because brides and babies cry, but products don't. Yeah. So <clears throat> as long as it's not something that's going to spoil by them having it under the photo lights, it's not something that, that they're going to have a problem shooting. And generally, they're going to be more than more than happy to do so. The other thing is you're going to have more control over it. If you send your product off to a, a product photographer that you don't have you know, communication with, in an easy fashion, right? If you go to a local photographer, you can take them the product and stand there while they take the photos. Yes. And and say, well, you know, I don't like that one and here's why. Here's kind of what I'm going for. If you just kind of send it off to somebody, you, you have to wait till they're done and edited and then they, they're going to have to go back and totally reshoot if it's something that, you know, you needed a different angle or you needed something else. And I don't know about you, but if I was the one taking those pictures, that would drive me a little bonkers as a photographer and it would drive me bonkers on the other side of that because if I, if I you know, have a timeline for when I'm getting stuff, and I don't get my photos that I need in that timeline, that can be a little bit of a pain too. And so local gives you that, that little bit of control that you need, and it also helps make sure that you don't miss any of those things up front. Cool. All right, so let's wrap this up. Let's do a little recap here for building a rock-solid foundation so you can crush your next product launch. Let's, uh, let's kind of go through these real quick, Chris, and wrap this baby up. Number one is in the pre-launch phase is your listing. And your listing is really important to have that built out. Now, don't panic and think you have to have everything perfect, but you have to have it built out. One of the biggest things is your keyword research. Take the time, look through your competition, look in Google Planner, Keyword Planner, um, look at, uh, like I said, scope if you want to use a tool and start getting some of that information and then start plugging that stuff in. Do, uh, uh, you know, pictures, you know, as far as like do high quality pictures, um, use those. Um, if you don't have your, this is the other question I get, Chris, what happens if I don't have my product yet? I only have my sample. Take pictures right now yourself. And then once you get the product, as soon as you do, try to get that lined up, but contact the photographer and get a date set right now. Um, and then the other thing is the other part of the pre-launch that is, is building your list. So this way here, you are ready out of the gate to start pushing sales. And, um, that's where you're going to build your own email list or reaching out to influencers, wherever you want to spend your time. You might want to do both. Um, but I would definitely go over to our workshop, our free workshop. Um, and that is up right now. You guys can go check that out. The amazing forward slash build list. And that will give you. Uh, all the information there. If you want to see all five phases, we also do a workshop on that where we touch on all of those five phases, give you actually a blueprint, and you can go check that out at theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. So Chris, if I missed anything, fill in the gaps. If not, let's go ahead and wrap this baby up. I don't think you did, but I'm going to recap it just for myself to make sure that I didn't miss anything. The first thing is going to be building that rock solid listing, right? That's going to be dialing in those photos researching through your competitors and potentially through a tool, something like scope or merchant words, or even the AdWords display planner, not the keyword planner guys, the display planner is where you can take your competitors listing and copy and paste that in and see all the keywords that, that they're potentially using that Google has them indexed for. That can be a really handy tool, but getting those photos, getting the keywords and the copy. So your title, your bullets, your description really dialed in. I think those two things are going to be the thing that that kind of sets the real foundation. They're the rebar, right, Scott? Yeah. And then we're going to start to to fill in that foundation and really start to strengthen it up so that we have a rock solid one. 
by building that pre-launch list, or at least, at the very least, setting ourselves up with a launch strategy and starting to get our legs under us for that. So whether that's using the strategies that we use to build a list, whether that's going out to influencers like you just said, or whether that's deciding on a platform like your, your jump sends, your fat wallets, your slick deals that you're going to use a launch, that's going to be the thing that kind of finalizes and solidifies the rest of that pre-launch phase. Cool. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I think that's a wrap. I think that's, uh, that's really good. And I think that, uh, if you guys are at this, this part in the process, uh, you, de you definitely have to do this. Like to me, it's like so, so important and so critical. So you have no excuse now you've got all of the info that you need for this phase. And I'm telling you, you will have a better launch if you go through this. And you know what, if for some reason it doesn't turn out the way that you thought it was going to, you just have to readjust. Okay, out of the gate, it's not always gonna work, and that means that you might have to have a better offer. You may have to communicate with the, the list a little bit more before you actually make the offer. There's some things that we can do there to tweak it, but the one thing I do know is you have to get started, and that is by building a list, and then we can kind of work backwards from there. So definitely get out there and do it. The show notes to this episode can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 432, and all of the other links and workshops that we mentioned, we'll throw those in the show notes as well with all the transcripts, the links, all those goodies, all those goodies will be over there. And Chris, I think we're going to wrap this baby up together today. Are you ready? I am. Are you prepared? I am. All right, let's Does do it. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense. Totally makes sense. All right, guys, that is officially going to wrap this up. Remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to, come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud. Chris is going to say it with me on the count of three. One, two, three, take, take action. action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Me and Chris are going to be talking about building a rock-solid foundation to crush, crush, crush your, let's do to that again. It. I don't know. We're going to crust it and we're going to crush it. That's a new like, thing. Put a, put a nice panko breading on Let's your neck. Let's do that again. Crush. What do you say? <laughs>